Hello, and thank you for downloading this, episode two of Mind the Gap, Transport for London's new podcast. Welcome to your All Zones travel cards to get behind the scenes of the incredible transport systems that are truly the beating heart of London. Now, the head people at TFL asked us to do an episode on innovation if we could. Well, we realised quite quickly, the Tube has been an incredible innovation since day one, but actually it's made up of thousands of tiny innovations. In fact, every area of it has seen groundbreaking tech, design and, frankly, thought. And without all those innovations, we wouldn't have the system we do today. It's built right into the organisation's DNA, and you can see it carrying on right into the future. Over the years, I've had the chance to see some pretty remarkable things over London Underground, but today is something really special, because the kind people down at London Underground have let us in to see Hainault Depot. Now, I thought I knew the Underground pretty well. I didn't know there was a depot at Hainault. Why am I going off there? Well... I'm off there because that's the place where the brand new refurbished Central Line trains are going to be kept before they go off into public service. And tomorrow, we're going to see one of those trains in service. But today, we're having a sneak preview to see it up close and in person. Thank you. Hello, we've come to meet you. Oh, amazing. You'll have to follow us along the safe route. Understood. Have you been to Hainault Depot before? I can give you a little bit of trivia information. Oh, please. There, there is actually an air raid bunker under here. Is there really? Yeah. Oh. Which you've probably walked past and never seen. No, is it, is it, is it sealed up? Yeah. No, 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 it's open. There's a workshop in here. Oh, that's brilliant. That's the thing, like, everything in TFL that's actually disused isn't disused and abandoned at all. Oh, it's just fair. Every square inch. It's, it's just been reused and repurposed. Oh, no, look at that. We just call it that. Though. It's got an in and an out. <laughs> so there's, a, there's one in look, there and one in there. it's actually a problem. So we'll walk along the lift road. So if the crane's in operation, you have to wear a hard hat, but we should, we're not expecting the crane to be working. Okay. Oh, I love this. So... Because what we've done is, we've, rather than escort you out into the yard, which is technically track, put the train in the cleaning shed, and then with a train next to it, it's no longer the track. It's a safe path. This is our train here on the right-hand side. This is the train. Into the cab. Into the cab. Into the cab. Into the driver's cab. I mean, I should through the cab. Out of the cab again. Look at that. So the Central Line Improvement Programme, or CLIP, is the acronym. I mean, it makes it sound like it's pretty simple, doesn't it? CLIP. It's short, snappy, easy, simple, right? No, it's anything but. <laughs> this is a massive project for the underground. It's a huge investment as well. It's mind-blowing what they're actually doing here. Because they've taken these 30-year-old tube trains, they're stripping them all back and replacing it and upgrading it. It's being made better, more efficient and, and smarter. So you've got a complete refurb train. It's almost a new train, really, because you've got new systems on board, new train computers, CCTV, new motors, or new LED lights. You've got new passenger announcement systems. You're going to have these accessible seating areas as well uh, in the middle of the train. It's brilliant. I mean, to be honest, nothing like this has ever been done on this scale or complexity on the tube ever before. And frankly, these 30-year-old machines will go going for years to come because of this. And so it improves the trains and the journeys for you and me. 
but you can't see much of the stuff they're doing. And the stuff we're focusing on today in our chat is just one part of the upgrade, of course. It's some of the stuff that we will see directly on board. Hello, Paul. Thanks for coming along. Could you just describe to me a little bit about what you actually do in your role? I'm product and industrial design manager for TFL. So really what that means is looking at colours, materials and finishes primarily of our infrastructure. So that's everything from trains to buses, bus shelters, bus stops, station environments, kind of lots of things really. It, it, it's, it's a very exciting time for London Underground, I feel, because there's lots of refurbishments, there's lots of new projects happening as well. Well, we're sitting on the clip. It's, well, I, I've been calling it the, the clip, it's not the clip. It's, that stands for Central Line Improvement Project, right? Correct, yes. Okay, and so, so what is the story behind that? What's the story behind that, first of all? I think we're kind of going to go back to the beginning of the tube and talk about you know, the, the Central Line. Um, it's what 1900 it, it was opened opened between bank and and shepherd's bush and has been expanding ever since really from the east to the west so we're over in hainault now one of the depots um and we're sitting on a on a central line uh, a central line train that's gone through the improvement program so that was scheduled about several years ago and the idea was there were engineering improvements on this train but also there were customer environment improvements as well like lighting and seating and flooring and stuff like that. I'm sitting on the one right now. This yes. is the very first one, though. So this, this is the first one that's going into service, the first one that's been completed from, from nose to tail, yes. with, with fully complete of engineering and customer environment. It is, and so the design work and the specification work was started around about seven years ago. It's a long process. Um, there are, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff underneath the train as well as the doors and stuff like that they've all gone through an upgrade and so this is the first complete train and once they're done is they've completed this and then it goes to uh, there's 85 trains in total on the network uh, the central line network and so every few weeks one or two of those trains will be taken off and go through this improvement program um, for upgrade and then return back to the network and another one or two trains will be taken off. Um, the word innovation has been around for a, a long time. It's no longer an innovative word. But what, what does it mean to you? The underground, by its very nature, is innovative, isn't it? I mean, you have a, you know, you have a railway that was started, what, 160 years ago? Underground, of all places? Oh, well, you know, a, a, a railway underground? And that was responding to particular pressure, wasn't it? In the sense that they weren't allowed to build railways above ground because of land and because of ownership and so on so they had to build them underground and so they worked that out and then they got to some point where they were able to go to build deep tube lines as well which wasn't central line wasn't the first but they used it traction motors they were able to build deep tube network and and so that sort of started what 130 years ago 120 years ago when the central line opened so by its very nature the underground has actually been had to in, innovate to sort of deliver if you it's know what I mean, I know, and, and you as a historian will know that, you know. And so, for us, it's tapping into that. And that, so, it's never. I don't think it's. It's for us. It's never about inventing anything. It's always maybe using something in an, in a, not an unusual way, but in an innovative way, and challenging stuff as well. So it's a bit like the moquette. You know, that material has been used on on the network for eighty hundred years, but suddenly we're flipping it slightly. We're we're interpreting it in a slightly different way. To deliver more for our customers, and, and in fact, the entire train itself, I suppose, I mean, yes. the, the, the entire interior is in, in innovation in itself. And you are effectively refurbishing what was an old asset and making it have a, a longer life. Indeed, and you have to, yeah, because you know, 
trains go through midlife, midlife refurbishment as they call it. Midlife <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, but they do and they have to uh, uh, because these, these assets are on the network for, I mean, Bakerloo Line is, is uh, 70, 72 stock, so that's over 50 years old. So you, re, you replenish, you re repair, renew, restore. But within that restoration, you're not restoring something to where it was, you're restoring it to where it needs to be now to deliver, deliver more. There are clearly a whole wealth of improvements have been made to this train on, yes. on the customer environment. And, yes. and, and it, it is revolutionary, it's so much brighter for one. Yep. But tell me, what, can you give me one example of perhaps a, a very small change you've made, also one very large change that's been made? Well, I mean, what we, London Underground seating is covered by what we call maquette. Which is which is a kind of carpet-like material. It's a French, it, famous moquette. It's it's it, it's really a French word for carpet. It's cut and uncut loop fabric. London Underground have been using it for decades. It's a high-performing fabric. It's low smoke. It's hard wearing. It's cooler in the summer, warmer in the winter. It actually is sound sound absorbent as well. So that's very, very important for a, a, a line like the Central Line. So normally when you go on the underground, you would see a standard moquette used throughout. Yes. Whereas now what we do is that we have a standard moquette and then a priority moquette. And the priority moquette is the same design, but a different colorway. As well as a different colorway, we also have a badge set in the middle of the, uh, of the priority seat saying this is a priority seat. But what we want to do is demarcate that seat in a more, in a stronger way. So in a way, that is the instruction, and the demarcated moquette is more of a more of a nudge, more of an encouragement for people to to maybe surrender that seat or give that seat up. But we're looking at here for the central line. It, it, it's got two different moquettes, but there's lots of circles and diamonds throughout. So is it, I don't know. Is the, is the diamond between the grey diamonds? Are they from the, the Metropolitan Railway diamond? Is that what's coming? I think from? it's a transportation motif. So that's what we kind of used we use within the design so I think there were a number of motifs within it that, that, that linked into sort of tra transportation. And you've got these, see, these red circles a little bit like your, your red circles of your bar and diamond, your, your bar and circles of, of, of your main logo um, that run across and, and this red thread that runs throughout along the train. Indeed. Yes, the kind of connecting thing from east to west. Well, this is the first of the Central Line Improvement Project trains. There must have been a lot of people working on this throughout the project, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we've come to Hainault Station um, and also the depot. I didn't even know they had a depot here. Um, and, and there's, there's is it 160, 180 people working here. It's astonishing. And, and they go to Ryslip, which is where the main depot is, and that is hundreds, if not thousands, of people working there. Um, and then um, you go, I think the, the work for Clip will actually be undertaken at Acton Depot as well. That's where two or three trains will be taken out, or one or two trains will be taken out at any one time to be worked on. So we're seeing it here, a train that's been refurbished and re redone, given a new lease of life, with a, with a, with a cast of, of, of hundreds supporting it and delivering it. And that's the hundreds, maybe, a, yeah, within TfL, there'll be subcontractors, contractors, and various other external bodies as well that will be delivering refurbished elements and then be brought back and placed on that train. And somehow you put it all together and it all looks like it was all meant to fit together in one thing. The right colours, the right tones, it sits together and it feels like it is always meant to be like this. Is that what success looks like?
Thank you so much for coming along, Paul, because this is the first of the trains to be completed, isn't it, in, in, here in the depot? It is. It is. It's very exciting to see, isn't it? It really is. I mean, because you've seen this before, I assume, during your, 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 your time looking at and inspecting at different points? I've seen bits of it, but this is it all brought together, which actually makes it very, very exciting. You know, I've seen photographs, I've seen illustrations, I've seen bits. Bits have been delivered to the office for me to sign off. But it's like you bring it all together. I think it's a bit like Christmas, isn't it? A new FX model. You know? <laughs> but assembled for you. Yes. And, but here it is inside the box of, of, of the big shed. So next thing, I guess, is to take it out into the open air and see it in the light outdoors. Yeah, and, it um, and, and also to see it in customer yeah, service, uh, see what customers make of it. That's always interesting. I can't wait to see that. Paul, thank you so very much indeed for today. It's been fascinating to learn what you've put into this train, how your teams work with it. So. Let's hop off now. I'll see you tomorrow morning, half past ten, platform one, Haynalt Station. Let's see it out in service, out in the daylight. Wow, it's suddenly got very, very busy indeed down here. Yeah, it's um, clip team. Oh, is, is this the team behind it then? So everyone yeah, here on the platform are members yeah. of staff? Members of staff from the Central Line Improvement Programme team. I'm, I'm looking to the platform now, and there must be what 200 people, if not more, 200, yes. 300 people coming down. Coming down, it's going to fill the train. Yeah, we don't, we don't get out much, do we? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's it really, no, but it's really exciting to celebrate a major milestone. I think. Well, here it comes. Right, okay. Excited. He's sounded his whistle. And the, the, fr the, the front's the same. The front's the same. Cleaner, cleaner, nicer. Oh, hello. I like this. Right. So what we've done, Please as I said, is that we the gap between the train it. and the platform. This is Haynalt. Yeah, so, so Paul, your team isn't just you, is it? There's, there's a kind of a, a little sort of little little work group of you. So who else yes. you brought along with you? So well, we brought Claire, um, who's um, uh, an industrial designer, but also pa Pablo as well, who both worked on the project. So what's your contribution to this project been then? Because you, you're, you're both admiring the seats, I just wanted just there looking at the seats, checking they're all aligned properly. So what have you two contributed towards this train? Um, so we've, we've sort of carried out initial research and developed the actual maquette design. So that looks really good and the scale and everything like that. So is this the first time you've seen this train in service or at all? All, 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 all stuff together in, in one place? Yeah, absolutely. It's everything with everything together, the flooring, the seating, the grapples and everything. So everything went together. The question is, does it match up expectations? Is, is, is everything as it should be? For me, absolutely, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think they've, they've done a really good job. The alignment, the alignment and the maquettes looks really good because um, sometimes you can get a bit of variation and obviously the way the material can sort of curve um, and the way this, it sort of moves as you upholster, there can be a bit of variation, but I think that's done a really good job. Um, the maquette looks really bold and eye-catching. We've got sort of the flecks of the red and the blue in the floor, which ties in with the red and the blue and the maquette. Um, so everything's pulled together, pulled together nicely. It's very nice indeed. So I'm, nice. I'm really impressed. It's not just nice. It's, it's, it's smashing. Yeah. It's nice work. I, th I think you'll be looking very modest about it, saying, "Oh, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's excellent. <laughs> it's really, really lovely." The next station is Woodford, where this train terminates. Change here for services to Central London and Epping. This station has step-free access. Will change. It was great. It was really, really exciting to see it all come together. Some very happy, smiley faces on the train. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. And really nice to see it all come together. Well, you're just really pleased with this. You're just really pleased. Thank you.
Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. This is Adolf, where this train terminates. I spent half my life studying the history of railways and their technologies, and that's because I find innovation fascinating, how it was overcome problems with new solutions. The London Underground has been no different, but there's one place in particular that innovation has been centred on. It's here in West London. It's Acton Works. It's here that things like streamlined tube trains were invented, trains that were completely innovative at the time, but go faster than others, and there were even things like the world clock we spoke to Anne Gavacan about down at Piccadilly Circus. That was designed here at Acton Works. But right now, it's still doing incredible things for the rolling stock and the trains that we use today. So we're heading inside now to come meet some of the people who are making it all possible. Well, now we're inside Acton Works, this massive enclave in the edge of Acton and the Railway Engineering Workshop. I'm here with Aaron Locke. Aaron, what do you do here? Hi, I'm uh, the operational manager of the Railway in Engineering Workshop, so I'm in charge of pretty much everyone on the shop floor, which is roughly over 300 staff. So I'm in charge of all the projects and, uh, you know, making each project run smoothly. Right, lovely. Well, can we go and see the, um, the shop floor? Yeah, I'm happy to take around the shop floor. I'll show you each parts of the areas of uh, what we build on the underground. I can't wait to see this. All right. Wow. So just to, just to explain what we're seeing here, we're standing in this mezzanine level in this vast, almost like a warehouse, like a factory. Our oh, little, little, little cubicles here beneath us of people working away on, some are doing litter bins, some of them are doing bits of electrical equipment, some of them are doing something that's steaming over there in the corner. I'm not quite sure what's going on over there. Um, just tell me, if, if, if you're talking to, say, my mum, right, my mum is over there, explain to my mum what is going on in this building, what's this building for, I and mean, you're the detail about it, but what's the purpose of the REW, generally? The purpose of REW, in a nutshell, um, I mean, it's a bit of a quote for the underground, is to keep London moving, quite honestly. That's, that's, uh, everything that's sent through here is to get the trains quickly off the railway uh, and service serviceable very quickly back so we're looking like I say a train a week we're looking at the clip um, that, that's, that's really what it is is getting that old train back to use as quick as possible without trains being pulled out of service so it doesn't affect the customers that's in a nutshell what this uh, workshop does and that's why you're doing all that such rapid pace and we've got this efficiency drive going on to get things faster and faster exactly that it's a very um, busy workshop but I think any engineer of their salt likes a, a busy day, and it's never not a busy day, I can tell you that much. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, as I like to hear. Right, can we go and have a look downstairs? Yep. Great. I'm looking at this now, are these brand new wheels? There's a whole set of train wheels lined up, this is brilliant. Yeah, so we're actually at the end of the production line on the wheel area, so essentially a wheel set that comes through the door, um, start to finish, takes about 50 hours, 40 hours. Uh, because obviously you've got to heat the wheel, you've got to pop it off a massive press, uh, it's got to be inspected, yeah. you know, it has to be cooled down to a certain temperature, tested, built the gearbox on there, painted, and then again, goes straight across the road to my bogey shop, and then fitted to a bogey in and out the door again. So easy. it's a long process. Easy, easy. Long process, easy work. Easy work now. <laughs> it wasn't when we first got here. <laughs> Because you see, you productionise this. I'm looking across now, and they are, they are gleaming and they are glinting. Are these brand new? They, these are not brand new. This is us making what? them look brand new. 
and very quickly, just, 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 I'm like, as you walk around here, I can see people of all different ages are working here. It's, it's quite a nice cross-section of, of, of society, of, of, of working. It's, it's, like, it's a very diverse workforce. It's a very diverse workforce, and the age sort of profile, when I first joined 20 years ago, we had You've been quite, 20 years? So I've been here 20 years, so I started as an apprentice at uh, 16 years old, and it's obviously 20 years later now. And <laughs> when I first joined the underground, there was a massive sort of gap in the age profile. So basically, when I first come here, you had very young people like myself and a very ageing workforce. So this is something we've built over the last sort of 20 years. By next year, we've had about 30 come out of the apprenticeship scheme in the last three, four years. Your, your passion comes through for this, right? It's, it's obvious, you love this. I mean, it's 20 years later, you can't dislike it, surely. So, I mean, you're obviously doing this because you love it. I, I do love it, and that's where, like I say, and I think that's, that's the one thing that I've, especially with apprentices and anyone we employ, it's, it's got to be a bit of a passion. I mean, the fact that you guys are actually doing everything in-house on this site is amazing. In, in London still, we have all those skills being retained and you're growing the skills as well. It's a lovely story. What's interesting though, you, you're maintaining these old trains, some of them are quite old trains, but in innovative ways, aren't you? Yeah, it is, and I think um, when we like redo our work instructions, so that's basically a bit of paper you work on for each job. They get more and more intricate as they go, so more and more detailed. And then, uh, like I say, as the jobs move on with maintaining it, we look at better ways of actually you know, the tooling down to the shop floor, the layout. You know, it's, every time we redo a project, it's not just the same old. We look at doing um, things more efficient and better for everyone, actually a better product all around, really. Yeah, yeah so um, Aaron, thank you so much for a whistle-stop tour of the REW. Now, you've got someone you want to introduce me to next? Yes, uh, this is Robbie Noel. He's one of my production managers on the sub-assemblies team, so he's obviously in charge of that specific area. And I'll pass you over to Robbie. You can explain what you do, actually, do, Definitely, if you yeah. do anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, uh, Robbie, yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice one. Um, so what do you, what's your role here at, the, at, this, at the works? So um, I came here on the 31st of um, July 2017 after um, 10 years in the military. So how I um, found out about this place, um, I was actually um, going through counseling after leaving the army. And then they asked me um, what is it I wanted to do. So I said, well, when I left the army, I always wanted to work for um, London Underground. Um, for the 1st of July, 2017, started as, as a contractor. And then, you know, straight away, gelled with the team, thought, wow, this is an amazing place to, to, to run, um, to, to work, sorry know these dates off by heart because yeah, they're yeah. so important. So you, you mentioned you always wanted to work for the underground, but why? So basically, um, I was born originally in St. Lucia, but I used to visit my grand in the summer with my mom. And I've got an uncle of mine who absolutely loves trains. So he used to take me, just take me on random train rides and explain to me about all the network when this was built, like facts like the Victoria Line is the only one that doesn't resurface, you know, and all this stuff took me around all the tunnels in Woolwich and all that stuff. So. Like when, when I moved permanently in 2004, I, I wasn't like, you know, like some, some foreigners who have to use a map to get around. I already knew the whole network in my head. So even now people ask me questions, I can just tell them where to go. And that's because my uncle, you know, brought me up in that. So, yeah, so I was just, yeah, a bit crazy about trains from a young age. <laughs> do that. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. So, and it just shows just how deep the love of the underground runs yeah, and yeah. how it can affect, you know, the network today. Yeah. Yeah, and then there I am now. You've nailed it. You've yeah. nailed it. Yeah. 
what, what do you love about working here? What, 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 what is it in the morning that gets you up to come and you walk in thinking this is great? Although some of them annoy you, I would say the people. That's what I love about this place. You, you, you are innovating constantly. You're getting new staff in and new ideas are coming from, the, from your army training as well. You're bringing in ideas from there as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, for instance, I've employed um, someone who I served with in Iraq, two of them actually. And then um, one of them came and so we're doing the air dryers, for instance, for the, um, the air stock, so a metropolitan line at the moment. And when we had basically one of the, 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 the test box or the control unit, I should say, on the air dryer, it would fail. We'd have to get another air dryer to then see, if, you know, what's going on with that, that, test, that test box. So he suggested, oh, why don't we build our own test box and just test all the cards in there without having to get a whole air dryer to put up there because you have to attach it to a lifting equipment. So that's just speed up the process of testing the cards straight away. You know, um, you know what I mean? Trains are going through faster, lower cost, out of passengers quicker. That means that passengers are happier and everything runs smoother. Everyone's happy, so well done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, Easy as that. I'm working, I'm working towards, um, I'm obsessed with it. I'm working towards net zero um, warranties. You know, that's where I want, I want my section to be. I don't want us to get any warranties. I can't wait to see what you do next. It's going to be amazing. Brilliant. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. Great that was a lovely chat we had just then, but there's someone else apparently you'd like me to meet, isn't there? This is. This is uh, Rebecca Cooper. She's one of my production managers who's in charge of uh, cases, brakes and the door engine section. So I've probably caught of my workshop. And Becky's been here longer than me, haven't you, Becky? I'll pass you over now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the introduction? Yeah, yeah. I've been here 27 years. I came here as um, a temp, um, just doing data entry, and then just ended up, um, I was in procurement and then down onto the shop floor. We overhaul um, mainly brakes, so all the brakes that go on the train. We, again, overhaul the doors, door operators, which open and close the doors. So, um, yeah, we uh, let the people on and off and we stop the trains. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness for the work that your team does. And it, it sounds silly, but in my expectation of a railway workshop is to have massive old cranking machinery and big old iron things and lots of old sort of oily stuff. But this is actually, it's pristine, it's clean, it's light and airy, the equipment's brand new, and it's actually high-tech stuff, and the digital displays and things, it's, like, you, you are using new materials and new technology new to look ways after. of working, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, we definitely are trying, we're definitely trying to become more modern um, in the way we operate. I always wondered, do you feel you're playing a part in, in London's movement and, and London's growth? Because that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, no, I, th I think definitely are. I think you're keeping the old stock running, like the Bakerloo line, and, and then you've got the modern stock coming in. But it, it, every time I go on the tube, you, you do let There's my brakes. There's my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the doors are opening. <laughs> it's a good job to have. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone's proud to work with the underground. Yeah. Because it, it, it is a big family. Yeah. But so, so do you? Do you honestly really go on the tube sometimes and kind of just just check things? Uh, just I like, do check underneath yeah. the underneath the train. I go, oh, look, there's. And if if people are with me, I go, I fix that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's dedication. That is, yeah. that is a true Londoner speaking. Yeah. Looking at the stuff that you've done yeah. is lovely. You know what? I think you've shown here more than anywhere I've seen that it's a. Yeah. You lot are amazing. Thank you very much. Aaron, I, I'm, I'm blown away by this place. It is, 
yet again surprised me to see the variety of work and the love that people have got for the underground. And you're, you're, you're innovating now with all the old stock. You're doing so much cool stuff. How would you sum this place up? Sum this place up? I think uh, I would say a hidden gem on the underground that keeps London moving that probably 95% of Londoners don't even know it's here. We're one of the main reasons why the underground keeps moving. So you are keeping millions of people moving, you're keeping the economy pumping, you're keeping the whole city going, and it's all down to you and your team in this building. I think it's a phenomenal achievement. Thank you. Like I say, I'm, I'm proud, and as you as you've sort of walked around and spoke to everyone, everyone's, you know, happy and proud to actually be part of the team, you know, and part of the processes and everything to keep London moving. It's a, it's a, it's a happy family. Do you know what? Speaking to Aaron and the acting team in there have given me so much confidence about the future of the underground. I know now that the continued innovation of our incredible transport system really is in safe hands and safe hands that really care about it. This episode of Mind the Gap has almost reached its final destination. Please stay on the platform where you can download the next episode, number three. It's more on the love of the tube via stories of connecting people and places. Thank you for travelling with me and the crew. I've been Tim Dunn, and remember, please always mind the gap. Mind the Gap is an 1860 production for Transport for London. The producer was Marnie Woodmead, with some additional writing by Tim Dunn. The executive producer was Adrian Hyatt. And special thanks to the staff of TFL, who've helped make this podcast 